You are listening to the Two Sorry Excuses podcast. And for that, I apologize. Oh, man. She's a total <laughs> With that said... I think what everybody really wants to know is, did you have your seersucker suit pressed? No, but I was going to wear it. I definitely was wearing it if I'm going to a country <laughs> fucking judge. <laughs> you know? I was already for that. I was going to wear the seersucker suit. I'm, I'm going into the freaking country. I'm going to a country courthouse. Seersucker's definitely being worn. Country well, courthouse on July 16th? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, then on that note, you want to get this thing started? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Hello, and thanks for downloading the Two Sorry Excuses podcast, recording live from Marshawn Lynch's Gym Socks. I'm your old pal, Sanders. I'm your good buddy, Liv. And if you're keeping score at home, this is episode 73, the Amazon Prime edition. Yeah. Did you buy anything on Amazon Prime? I didn't, man. What a bunch of bullshit. I heard it was, I was looking, there was nothing I was interested in. And then I saw reports about people bitching about how it's a crappy sale and how it's basically a garage sale, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, it was miserable. And I'm a big Amazon guy. I actually just bought a lawnmower off Amazon. (laughs) Oh, nice. See, my mom has Prime accounts. I just ordered everything through that shit. Yeah. Exactly. It's it's well worth it. The amount you save in shipping. Yeah, I order and you can order stupid shit. Like I ordered a twenty dollar Bluetooth speaker on Friday and I had it Sunday <laughs> and there's yeah. no tax on it, so you have no and no shipping charges. So there's no like disincentive to wait till I get a bunch of shit together. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I um in the midst of, of dealing with my um deadbeat bed bug tenants yeah. Um, I had to head over to the house and mow the lawn. You've seen the lawn. It's a small little half lot. But because the dogs aren't there anymore, uh, the grass has grown back. And it actually looks really nice. And, and um, you know, the yard's in shitty shape because they didn't weed and I didn't do the beds or anything like that. But the lawn came back um, in pretty good form. But last year at the end of the summer, uh, my lawnmower broke. When I moved into the house, when, when Angie and I moved into the house, her father-in-law picked us up a um, a lawnmower to garage sale for like 20 bucks, you know, and he's like, here you go. It was way too much lawnmower for my little postage stamp yard. It was yeah. self-propelled. It was like 25 horsepower, you know, kind of like a walk-behind mower. Literally, I had it done in like three swipes, up, down, up, down. So because it was at a garage sale, it, you know, obviously didn't last very long, so one week it was it was basically the last mow of the summer last uh, year what a magical mow that is the last I, mow <laughs> i had just given um occupation over to the the tenants and i had to mow the lawn the lawnmower broke i had to go out and buy one off of craigslist it ended up cost me 40 bucks but whatever i was going to have it this summer as well well sure enough the fucking thing broke on me um with you know, a month or two months up here, two months left of, of lawn mows. And that's like lawn mows. eight, you know, eight uh, encounters. <laughs> yes. So 
Uh, I did some work on YouTube, found out what the problem was. It was probably a dirty carburetor. So I, I take my dad's truck, I load it up, I bring it back to Jackson, you know, I set it up on the blocks, and I've become pretty handy with like simple machines lately. Just because, yeah. uh, you know, uh, my my uh, my handyman skills are pretty lax. So. I wanted to commit to learning how to do something. So I fixed a bike recently. Nice. Now I'm going to fix the lawnmower. I take off the carburetor, take out the carburetor nut, and, and literally it's unscrewing a nut and then squirting some WD-40 in yeah. the valve. That's all it is. I go to put it back in, the screw snaps off. There's no recovering from that, not for a $40 yeah. lawnmower. So I'm yeah. like, shit, what am I going to do? And for a while, I've been I had been toying around with the idea of an electric mower because my 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 yard is so small. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see a lot of like older people like with little lawns working as electric mowers. Yeah, so I ended up going on Amazon and I found uh, the Greenworks electric corded mower. I think maybe it's. Maybe it's 16-inch blade, which is plenty big enough. Uh, maybe a 10-volt, um, 10 volts of electricity. Whatever it is, it was. It got great reviews. It folds up into, you know, the uh, 36-inch footprint. I can store it in my shed. It was perfect, um, and it showed up. Paid 120 bucks for it with some Amazon Prime. Uh, rewards points. It shipped for free. It was here in nice. two days later. So I was psyched for. For Amazon Prime, um, I, don't, I don't have any money to buy shit, but I thought maybe, I don't know, maybe if I'd find something cool, um, you know, maybe I'd splurge, or my mom's always looking for, like, Christmas gifts, even in July. She's like, hey, let me know what you, know, you want for Christmas if you see anything. So yeah. I found a Roomba on, uh, on sale. It's like 40% off or something. And I was like, man, I want a Roomba. So I was like, hey, mom. You know, if you're into Christmas shopping on Prime, I could use a Roomba. She's like, go ahead, put it in a cart and check it out for me. Uh, and sure enough, by the time I went to the computer, the deal had expired. Yeah. yeah. So such bullshit. And the stuff yep. that's available now, like, here's, what, here's what's coming up. Um, a 3D printer. How much is that? Five hundred and sixteen bucks. It's yeah, only like, sorry. I mean, maybe it's a deal if you're in a three D printing. Yeah, but who the fuck needs a three D printer? I don't know. Like, there's people who can three D print guns and shit now. I feel like the only people who have three D printers are parents whose kids lost their limbs. You ever <laughs> see? The, you ever see those news stories? They're always printing hands yeah. for their kids and stuff. Yeah, I mean, Which I know I, they. I know they're able to three D print guns and shit now. Oh, I saw that. that. I think that was one of like the first things that they practically um, they practically market tested with the 3D yeah. printer. Was like this could change our society. People printing guns at home. I'm like relax. Yeah. <laughs> People aren't going to be uh, printing assault rifles. Yep. You know, on their five hundred dollar 3D printer. Yes. And get a better shot of making them. Printing. Fuck <laughs> the criminals that are going to use the guns. <laughs> <laughs> with uh, bad intent are probably not going to be using printed guns. Imagine some of the guys that, uh, you know, 
that that you have access to in your in the uh, everyday walk of your legal uh, profession coming up with a wherewithal to not only buy a 3D printer but print yeah. firearms <laughs> ridiculous too much man um Hey, last week um, I got we had a ton of shit to get Wait, to. There was something else you were talking about that I wanted to. Oh well, just about the lawn work. I, I bought a. See, my yard, the backyard was all weeds, basically. You know, yeah. and it's all rocky because it's just you know because uh, nothing's been done to it in forever. I got to do stuff to it. So I bought one of these battery operated weed whackers. Okay. You know, and I weed whacked that whole damn thing. What was that like two weekends ago when I weed whacked the whole damn thing? That is a pain in the ass. Yes. It seems like it's going to be easy, you know? But I mean, even as long as it took me, which wasn't really that long, holding that fucking thing, man. Ugh. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm like, well, maybe I'll never do it to actually grow grass because I don't really want to mow a lawn. <laughs> and then the little stuff I have out front, the very little stuff, you know, the neighbors that live on either side of me are the same people that own yeah. it. So guy always cuts the grass and they always cut the little stuff I have, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me. So I'm like, fine. Uh, right. All right. Well, that, that ends our lawn care adventures. Although lawn care is always one of my favorite uh topics to muse about yeah i mean just see my my thing is it's a project right now like they have all they had all this wood back there from when they ripped down the original fence and all the molding out of this house that they had just thrown you know <laughs> the molding pieces way in the back corner yeah yeah, so, yeah and i knew i was gonna have to get out of there eventually and i moved all that shit on saturday i mean now it's just moved elsewhere but it's like, because a bunch of it I was able, th- you know, that was all rotten. I was able to just to break it up and throw it in the big, uh, you know, those big wheelie garbage cans that they pick up, you know, the city picks up, yep. you know? Yeah, yeah. And the other stuff I got all leaned up against there because I don't want to do it all one fell swoop because probably technically I'm probably not supposed to throw all this stuff out with the garbage. Yeah, yeah, you probably need a permit for construction yeah. materials. Bullshit, man. So everything I was able just to friggin' break and everything that fits in the garbage can, and I'm able to close it. I'm going to put that out in a couple of days. Because I looked, today was garbage day, but technically big stuff's not supposed to be picked up until Saturday. Right. So I was like, well, technically, yeah, it's all in the can. They don't know. But, I, but I've seen these guys pick my garbage before, and they always look in there first. Because if they're just <laughs> one bag, they just pull the bag out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I was like, I don't want them causing some shit about, oh, we're not supposed to pick all this shit up today and just leave my crap on the sidewalk. Jackson has a very elaborate um, um, reclamation system. Yeah. And they have a dump. But it's called the compactor. It's not, yeah. you just don't go and dump your shit. But you pull in, and it's a single file up to a little shack. And the guy asks you what you have and most of the time it's a it's a truck so he looks in the truck and if you've got metal it goes in that pile over there if you've got uh you know appliances over there you can dump your motor oil yeah. over there I, I mean but it's just it's a big like uh, uh dpw depot yeah i know they got some place like that around here because i got it on my board that's the other thing i didn't see all the stuff i threw in there was all this rotten shit i'm like i don't know what you can really do with that but all these 
friggin' fence boards and stuff. I'm like, there's probably something I got to do with it, you know? Yeah. I don't know if it's technically recyclable, you know, like if it's something that they would pick up with recyclables or what, you know? Ours is, uh, Jackson's is like a five-minute ride from my parents' house, relatively close. Yes, yes. My dad... Anything I would be 20-something minutes away. Yeah, so my dad just takes... For some reason, the recycle day here is Thursday. They pick up your cans and bottles. <laughs> don't pick up your cardboard. Cardboard, you got to bring to the reclamation, uh, the compactor. You know, so my dad goes there once a week, yeah. once or twice a week, and That's he weird. knows, he knows like the system intimately. And this weekend, um, I had to throw away the lawnmower because I busted the carburetor. Um, you know, they don't even recycle glass here. Oh, really? They quit because recycling was all left up after Katrina. Oh, yeah. It was such a low priority considering there was so much garbage everywhere. Yeah. But then when they started recycling again, they were like, we're not doing glass anymore. It used to be no brown glass, you know, colored glass before. Right. You know, but then afterwards they said no glass because I guess technically glass is so expensive to recycle. Yeah. The process that they don't consider worth it, you know? So what do you just throw it away? Yeah, I mean, I think I think there's some like I think I could probably go drop it off at Tulane, you know, and they'd probably take care of it, you know, because it's okay. a university and they're trying to be completely green. And I don't know what goes on with glass. Like we were we had at Whole Foods yesterday, you know, and you think Whole Foods will recycle everything, you know? Because I know there are private recyclers that will do, like some people, you know, these really goody two-shoes, you know, I love the planet, people will will hire their own private recycling company or something that will recycle glass. But you go to Whole Foods, and like we ate there, you know, and I got a glass bottle of tea, but when you go put your garbage, it got like plastic, compost, waste, paper or whatever and some of the shit you're really not sure what it is is this waste what what is it you know right 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 but there's no glass so i just leave my bottle sitting up there because i'm like i don't know i can't believe just i don't i have no clue where the hell you're supposed what the hell you're supposed to do with glass and i can't imagine whole foods is just like throw away the glass you know (laughs) Um, Asbury Park, especially on the beach, has what they call single stream recycling, and it's got two cans. One can for diapers. Gross. And one can for everything else. Yeah. But that's just garbage. That's just called garbage. Yes. (laughs) That's not single stream recycling. That's throwing shit away. Recycling. This is for the bums to dig through, so they don't have to <laughs> dig through friggin' baby diapers when they're looking for cans and shit. <laughs> That's probably true. That's probably true. Yeah. Although the um, the homeless population or the uh, what would you call them? Indigent, indigent, indigent. Yes. Indigent population in Asbury Park is very low. There's a ton of crackheads. Yeah. Ton of crackheads, drug problem is, is pretty high, violence is, is is pretty bad, but um not a lot of homeless, well, not a lot of guys digging. They have houses. It, right, they have places to go. <laughs> <laughs> After a hard day of friggin' committing crimes and assaulting people. Pillaging the neighborhood. Yep. 
Uh, man, today is like the most embarrassing day of the year. Um, July 15th? Well, the day after the baseball all-star game, because it's the day when the ESPYs happen. Uh, I can't even watch that. I feel embarrassed for the people that are on that show. Yeah. You know. I don't, I don't even bother. I remember the 90s, I think it was, when SNL, they were making fun of the ESPYs. And I was like, because you know how stupid a lot of the awards are, you know? And it's yeah. like, yeah, yeah. the award, the SB for tallest person goes to Manute Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> like, the ESPYs are just so terrible. They're awful, man. It, um, oh, this was the, uh, this, they're honoring, uh, Bruce Jenner, Kate Jenner, Caitlyn Jenner with the... Yes, uh, this year is the first time they're showing ABC. And for three weeks, they've been showing that commercial. And that's the big thing they keep promoting. And Caitlyn Jenner for the Arthur Ashe Award. You know, just trying to get all those people that would never watch the ESPYs normally. You know, your transition type of people, you know? Yep. To, To turn on this crap. You know, they're like, you watch that crap, watch this crap. (laughs) <laughs> what a train wreck society we live in man what an absolute disaster yeah we were talking about that lunch today about jacob and i and he was talking about bob costas you know he he said some shit about it you know about caitlin jaren getting the arthur ashwell i was like yeah I understand his point, but the other side of it is Ditspin had a good point. He's getting pissed off about some stupid made-up award that no one cares about. <laughs> you know, like the Arthur Ashe Award, you know? Oh, like like as if like it's the Nobel Peace Prize or something, you know? Right, right. It's some stupid bullshit ESPY award. Like, who cares? Uh, you know? Like, what oh, did, um... dignity of the Arthur Ashe Award. What did Bob Costas uh, have to apologize recently for? Uh, oh, about the, something? the baseball player who who had a the, the pitcher who had a terrible outing or something, and he and I think they pulled him from the game, and he was doing like pointing up to the sky, you know, type of thing, like you see these. Yeah, yeah. And he said something about, <laughs> oh, he must be apologizing to his ancestors <laughs> in heaven or some shit. <laughs> it was something like that. And then right. he had to apologize for it, which is stupid that he had to apologize for it. Right. Uh, this whole, uh, the whole idea that we got to apologize for everything is fucking retarded. You know, yeah. what kind of overly sensitive society do we live in now? You know, everything needs to be apologized for. And it doesn't, it doesn't matter what side of the issue you come down on. Somebody's going to be calling for an apology or somebody's going to be, um, you know, hyper analyzing the context. Like right now in New Jersey, there's a woman who and this is kind of fucked up. There's a woman who is suing the federal government on behalf of her daughter. So her 18 year old daughter, the mother is suing on behalf or maybe she's 17. That's why she's filing the suit for either way. She's filing on behalf of her daughter because the um, federal government does not require women to register for the draft, even though the draft hasn't been, um, uh, hasn't been executed since the seventies. I didn't realize this, but it's still a requirement for every male 
Yeah, I mean, I remember, I remember having to drop my register, my uh, yeah, yeah, registration in the mail. It was on. I dropped in the mail at Terre Haute, Indiana, on my way to Syracuse. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. That's you stayed at the uh, Larry, Larry Bird, Bird Hotel. Boston Connection. You're on your way to college, yep. and you registered for uh, for military service. That's like the the triumphant of manhood. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, because you. I don't know if you remember that card or whatever. It says all these warnings about how you can be arrested if you don't do it, you know? Right, right. All these um, warnings about how they'll lock you up for not doing it. I didn't realize that they, they still did that, but um, this woman is suing based on discrimination. I guess it's... You know what's uh, so stupid about that? Why? But why go exactly. fight a war? No one's going to stop you if you want to volunteer for it. If they do have one, right? You know exactly. You exactly. should be happy you don't have to register for selective service. Right. We have a volunteer army. Join yes. volunteer. Yes, if you really want to do that. So it do, it doesn't matter. You know the the political correctness, the anti political correctness, which is really just the other side of the political correctness coin is uh it's just out of control man yeah i don't know if it's coming back yeah it's, it's got to right it's got to what is it the, there's a there's a principle or a or a theorem that that basically says if something you know snaps or gets stretches so far it's going to snap and return back to yeah. equilibrium i forget what that's oh, called it but. is ridiculous with everything just like you know, I mean, everything that's taken place in the last 200 years, they demand an apology for. <laughs> now, think about life in the 1600s or something, where people demanded apologies for uh, friggin', you know, shit that was, uh, I'm trying to think of a word, whatever. Um are you talking like let them eat cake kind of stuff? Whatever, all that type of stuff. All the horrible shit that went over history, you know, and people yeah. moved on and it's not happening anymore. Are they demanding, but they still, but no one's demanding apologies for it because that's just friggin' life. Like, who is it who said life is nasty, British, and short? Shit happens. <laughs> you can't demand yeah. apologies for everything. Plus, what's, what good is it going to do for you? Oh, yeah, you got to apologize. Well, thanks. I apologize. My dead great grandfather is happy now. You know, every little uh, transgression that, that has happened. You know, I mean, oh, we got to apologize for all this shit. You know, it's like I don't know. Even if the Japanese, because I'll say that because that's less controversial amongst our audience. <laughs> We're not we're not very big in Japan. Even if the Japanese refuse to apologize for the shit in World War II, who cares? Yes, it sucks. It's terrible what they did to our people. But what's an apology gonna fucking do? <laughs> right. We bombed the fuck out of them. There you go. We don't need an apology now. We friggin' we we destroyed a shitload of your country, you know? I mean, they did some really awful stuff. But what are we going to do about it with an apology now? Especially 99% of the people affected by that shit are dead. You know? Right. I mean, I'm sorry. An apology's not going to do anything, you know? 
Just uh, gotta move on. <laughs> oh, it's true. It's like, I don't know. I mean, maybe if it happened last week, okay, I'm sorry. Whatever. But stuff that's like generations removed at this point, it's not gonna do anything. Yeah, and. But everybody wants an apology. Yeah. Uh, people who have no standing. Yes. Want the apology? Ugh, um, so annoying. Speaking of uh, speaking of no standing, I have a uh, I get a little update for you with my um, with my tenant situation before we, <laughs> but before we, uh, I get the we bad get, bug people. Huh? Yeah, before we get there, I just want to make sure you're okay. Uh, at at uh, some point at the uh, the height of your mania uh, during your "Let's bomb Japan" speech, um, sounded like you swallowed your microphone. So. Uh, I just want to make sure you're okay. You didn't choke. Oh no, I'm fine. I don't know. All right, good. You sound great now. Chest. I don't know. You sound you sound great now. But um, so the um the bed bugs were brought to my attention a couple weeks ago, and the illegal. And he's not really illegal because they informed me he was there. Yeah, his dogs are illegal. Let's bomb Japan speech. We already bombed Japan. I'm not advocating (laughs) for a latter day bombing of Japan. (laughs) <laughs> a retroactive yes it's already been done i by no means am advocating let's go bomb japan today i'm referencing hiroshima nagasaki something that took place 70 years ago okay hey 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 haven't those people suffered enough yeah. bomb something else buddy uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now let's get back to your bed bugs. <laughs> so, I, <laughs> I was set to to renew the lease on these knuckleheads at the same terms, the whole deal, until they dropped the bed bug thing on me. And the one guy who is the um, who is the sublease of the tenant decided to push my buttons. He has absolutely zero standing. He's not on the lease as a, as a tenant or as an occupant. He's simply there to to help them uh, make their rent, which is fine by me. Yeah. So, so this is the douchebag. You could just kick him out if you want, because you're like you're not on the friggin' lease. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And his dogs. Oh god, take that. Worse, because now he's and your little dogs your too, place and he's not on the lease. Right. Exactly. Um, but it's good because it. It kind of forced my hand, and I'm I'm psyched to be kind of moving back in the direction of getting back in there. Whatever it's going to take, it's going to take. But you know, it's like one of those things, a little kick in the kick in the butt. But um, I just found out the remediation of bed bugs is a expensive proposition. <laughs> it's insanely expensive up here, and the guy I did a couple quotes. And I wanted to go with my company because um, the company that I've used uh, to, you know, handle ant problems or rodent problems or whatever, they do like a, you know, a service agreement. They yeah. come around, they spray your property. I wanted to use them because their treatment was empty the house, put all your shit in plastic bins, wash your clothes, leave everything where it is for two weeks. We're going to come in, we're going to treat the house, we're going to cryogenically freeze every room, then we're going to come back in two weeks and then let you unpack your shit, which is great for me because that, to me, is a thorough process. Yes. 
it was going to be 800 bucks, and as long as they did everything, as long as the tenants did everything they were supposed to do, they were, uh, you know, they guarantee pretty good results. So the tenant wasn't happy with that arrangement. He wanted to go with his uh, quote, which didn't require him to pack up all his shit. They have a different methodology or whatever. So um, out of respect, which he really hasn't earned, I looked at his this proposal called... This is the guy called, who's not on the lease that's pushing this, right? No, no, if it was the guy who was not on the lease, I would have just told to shove it up his ass. Okay. But this is this is the, the actual tenant, uh, the guy who has been pretty good... Um, not in anything other than being a polite guy. He hasn't, that's the only thing he's been pretty good at. Paying rent, being a tenant, being sober, um, you know, not so being fiscally responsible. Things. He's not good at those things at all. Yeah. <laughs> he's good at drinking Zinfandel and uh, being polite. So He's a Zinfandel he, drunk. How terrible is that? Not only that, he's a Franzia boxed Zinfandel drunk. Even worse. <laughs> So he liked the fact because he's got a lot of shit, a lot of knickknacks and tchotchkes and stuff. So he didn't want to have to pack all that stuff up. And I and I, I see his point. Um, and I said, I said, listen, I will, I'll consider it. And he said, listen, I'll do more than ask you to consider it. He's like, I'll pay half if we go with my company. And how much was that up, service? It was twelve hundred. So I'm saving roughly two hundred bucks and. Um, I don't have to incur his ill will at a time when I'm trying to get him out of there. Yep. So I figured it's a win-win. Then I get the contract, and I spoke to the um, I spoke to the rep from his bedbug company, hmm. and she was like, "Listen, we're experts in this field. Here's our you know here's our information." And they totally weren't scientifically. Um, they have scientific backgrounds. They're entomologists or whatever. <clears throat> Um, and they were worthy of my business. So I give it to him and she's like, oh, by the way, it's probably going to take three visits for you to clear that problem up because of the significance of, of the infestation. Um, I get the, 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 the contract and it's $1,200 for the initial visit, but it's 450 for every follow-up visit. And the only way they will clear your house as bug free is if you go through this whole process and it might take them four or five follow-ups to clear who knows oh fuck they're they're only going to sign off on it so i'm in the middle of this negotiation to the lease is up on august 31st i gotta negotiate to get these guys out of the place (laughs) i served them with notice on july 1st that i was not going to renew their lease yeah since then i had told the guy that I would actually rent him a room temporarily. He'd have to get all his shit out, and and you know the other two morons would would have to hit the bricks. But he was a nice enough guy, and uh, you know I could probably get a thousand bucks out of him for a room, which is way over market. Um, and he was very thankful, and he told me that he was probably going to tell those guys to hit the bricks because uh, the one dude who pushed my buttons ended up screwing him, and then the other guy that he's um, he has some type of um, man-boy weird relationship with um, is a stiff. 
and he's always causing. Oh, this guy you're talking about, the Zinfandel guy. He's like the old guy, huh? He's the old dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He lived. He was living like with these two younger guys, and it was very weird, right? Totally weird. Really, really yes. weird. Um, but uh, I thought it was going to be a pretty good situation. I was gonna. We were going to clear the bed bugs. We were going to hit the tell those guys to hit the bricks. I was going to let him stay there for a month. Um, while he got himself together for a thousand bucks, it mitigates my um, it mitigates my responsibility for the mortgage, and I can go in there and do work and get the place ready while he's still there. He decides, nope, he's gonna um, stay with these morons. They're gonna go find a house together all the well. But in New Jersey, you can't rent the house on September first. Okay, it's Labor Day. Yeah. It's still yeah. shore season. Yeah. So Everybody's they're, so they're basically adrift for a week. Yeah, but they're not going to be adrift. They're going to hold over. Yeah, they're just going to make you forced to evict them, huh? Right. So I figured, let me get ahead of this situation and get some money out of it. So I've been negotiating, despite the fact that I have already served them with notice and taken myself off the hook in terms of my responsibilities under uh, New Jersey real estate tenant law, Yeah, I, I, I'm in a no-win proposition. So I got to negotiate with these guys to get the bed bugs remediated. I got to negotiate with these guys to get them out of the house. Yeah. It's a never-ending process, man. It is absolutely mind-boggling what you got to do to protect your own property, your own investment in New Jersey. New Jersey is the absolute worst. I think California might be worse than that from what I've seen probably. on TV. Yeah. But, no, you're probably But right. it probably is because California is usually the worst with everything. Right. But, uh, <laughs> but that sounds terrible, man. So what about the yeah. bed bug situation? So um, – I had to. I sent him a proposal. I wish I had the proposal. It's a four-page. It's a four-page um, contract for a two-week lease agreement. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, I don't. Let me see. I don't. Yeah, I don't have it handy. But I had to put in provisions that if they got a new lease. By August 15th and showed me proof that they had signed and paid their deposit, I would let them stay for two weeks at $1,000, $500 a week, okay. essentially the, pro, the prorated version of their current rent. If they didn't have rent, if they didn't have a lease signed by August 15th, I would still let them stay to September 15th, but the rate then became $700 a week. Yeah. So, so I get a little premium because I know they're not going to find a place. Yeah. Then I had to put in the provision that they were willing to um, split the cost of the bed bug um, extermination, but also stipulate that they caused the problem. <laughs> I wanted to make sure that I got that. I got that in writing. That they they caused the problem. The last people were hate. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, my super clean, um, uh, my super clean, kind of sexy twenty-something uh, lesbian uh, tenant that lived in that room for three months without nary a problem. So, um, yeah, I no think dice. The, the drunks are the cause of the bad bugs. I, <laughs> I would imagine Seems more logical. And um, 
I had to make sure that they were willing to split the follow-up costs, which, which weren't accounted for in the original proposal, and then account for the fact that if it takes more than three visits, they're responsible 100%, because obviously they're not doing something that they're supposed to be doing if the problem keeps lingering. Then I had to make sure that they weren't going to, u- going to use um, um, security deposit money for rent payment. That's a big thing around here. Yeah. Is hey, just take it out of my, just take just take the last month's rent out of my security. New Jersey caps the security at one and a half times rent. Well, I mean, when I used to rent apartments, I mean, like the last one I had, it was like you had to come up with first month, last month, and the security deposit. Right. So that when you That's leave, not- that they're not getting screwed on the rent. Exactly. That's not standard around here. So in order to compete with rival properties, you have to you have to adhere to kind of the market terms. Yeah. And a year ago so, I was in such bad shape. The landlords must get screwed out that last month of rent all the time. All the time. Yeah. All the, I I got screwed on my last uh tenant. Um she took off without paying and left me uh left me in the red because what she did leave over wasn't enough for the repairs that needed to be um, that need to be undertaken to kind of um, correct her damage. But that's the, uh, the price you pay for being a real estate mogul. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> the problem with being a landlord, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's all yeah. great if you have good tenants, but, you know, all you need is people that cause a pain in the ass, and it's freaking terrible. Um, yeah, and the, I've, what I found is the key to to uh, securing good tenants is working capital. You got to be able to float your property. So you don't, you aren't subject to the whims of, of a bad tenant, you know? So the, the, the chick that I was able to get in the first, uh, in the condo where you stayed, uh, she's a great tenant, but we had to go under market to get her, you know? So not only we are, are we a little under market, for the for the rent that doesn't come close to covering the mortgage we're still in the hole like 250 300 bucks for the mortgage so um it's a pain in the ass but she's a great tenant so it's all good but that doesn't stop the air conditioner from breaking that doesn't stop the oven from breaking that doesn't stop the stupid property management company sending me an email today saying uh, we've noticed that your tenant uh, has cats wandering about um there's a no uh, no animal policy in the building. Oh, man. I'm like, I, I know there's no fucking animal policy in the building because I lived in the building when we had crack whores living in the building yeah. that we couldn't evict. And um, that was our priority, not the cats. Now we're at the point where cats are public enemy number one. <laughs> and I want to send an email to the woman you know, that says that you know, to the property manager woman that says, like, hey, listen, I was an owner-occupier in this building from day one. I was one of two people who lived, who owned and lived in this building. I know how far the building has come, but you can't tell me that cats are now the biggest issue that we've got to deal with, so. Yeah. <laughs> but, listen, that, you know, I don't want to stir the pot. I just want nobody to bother my tenant and her cats. <laughs> She's a 38-year-old chick 
who probably makes $35,000 a year working in social work. And the biggest problem is she has two cats. <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> I'll take that. Yeah. So. I agree. What are you going to do? You need to soldier on. I don't know what you right? can do. First world problems. Yep. Hey, speaking of uh, Asbury Park, I spent um, I spent the Saturday, um, majority of the day on Saturday afternoon, uh, sitting on the beaches of Asbury Park with two sorry excuses, friend of the podcast, good friend of the podcast, GFOP, uh, <laughs> one Liz Stillman. One Liz Stillman, yes. She said to say hello. She said to say uh, that she thinks you're funny and um, that she is a uh, what's it called when you uh, what's it called like when a chick doesn't have sex for a while and then she like reclaims her virginity. Uh, born again virgin. Born again virgin. Okay. Uh, she's a she's a born again sorry excuse listener. She um, she changed her phone. You know the story. Oh, I got a new phone and forgot how to subscribe, and I used to listen, but <laughs> how do I do it again? And I'm like, well, interesting story. <laughs> um, first things first. First things first. I, I, I really should have done this at the top of the show, because it might get lost here at like the 56th minute or wherever we are after we edit this up. Um, unequivocally, I, I want to be clear, and I want to go on the record. I 100% wholeheartedly recommend seeing Tara Fox naked. <laughs> Seems that you had some second thoughts over this. I've been thinking a lot about it. And uh, the day after I published that, I went for a run and I listened to that episode and I, you know, and I listened to it and it, w- it was cringeworthy as I, as I re-listened to the episode. I know you don't listen often, um, but I would take a listen back to that one because uh, in an attempt to not be creepy and 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 honestly, um, honestly, be true to my values and and my friendship with each of those ladies that we discussed. And if you missed uh, last week, or you haven't had a chance, or you listened to it out of order, or whatever whatever your mo is, um, I'd go back and I'd listen to episode fifty two because we get into a very in depth discussion about um the uh i get assets the 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 probability or be quiet about it because no matter whenever (laughs) you bring it up it's always gonna make you sound like a creep so in an attempt to be to be as non-private girl's body (laughs) (laughs) So it's clear that in the discussion last week, I was I was attempting to not be creepy. Yes, and I'm sure you came off as not creepy now that you're endorsing the idea of seeing Tara Fox naked. I'm sure <laughs> she doesn't think that's creepy at all. <laughs> but in looking in looking back on it, in looking back on it, it was um, it, it almost came, in my mind knowing uh, knowing Tara. It came off as disparaging. It came off as, as um, you know, as almost insulting. I mean, you know that? Yeah, but you know what? I mean, you had a better defense. I mean, you, I, you tried to point it out of the fact that, like, you're such good friends with her. That's different. Yes, just like you don't want to see your sister naked, you know? Right, 
which is fine. But now you basically nice. said you want to see Tara Fox naked. So. No, 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 no. Okay, here's where I want to be clear about this. Here's where I want to be clear about you this. You think other people should want to see her naked? I, I would recommend it, I would say. <laughs> That's kind of more fucked up, actually. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not going to recommend anybody see my sister naked. You know, I don't want to see her naked, guys, but I'd recommend you see my sister. <laughs> I think you should just let that thing sit on the scrap heap of two sorry excuses history. <laughs> you know? And hopefully the three or four people that listen to this thing religiously would just forget about it. Right. Or not even know who Tara Fox is. <laughs> yes. But I have a feeling Tara Fox listens to this. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't think so. Oh, uh, okay. I don't think so. Well, for the... Uh, but I... Well, Liz Stillman does. So she'll well, probably I'll be psyched to know that two weeks in a row we're talking about Tara Fox's body. <laughs> and two weeks and two weeks in a row recommending that you should see Liz Stillman naked. <laughs> well, there's no because... question about that. You should always want to see Liz Stillman <laughs> naked. <laughs> so we're sitting on the beach and, and she asked about you and she asked about uh you know, she asked about the podcast, how was it going, and, and whatnot, or um, maybe we were commiserating about, you know, whatever it is middle-aged people commiserate about, and I was um, preaching the virtues of the of the podcast in terms of, of maintaining mental health, and I said, oh, as a matter of fact, you came up in a topic of conversation. She got very excited because nobody makes you feel like a somebody better than Liz Stillman. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? I did something remotely cool 20 years ago, or I said something slightly funny 15 years ago, and Liz Stillman makes me feel like I'm a rock star. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like she's really good for your ego. And and and, and honestly, not and she's not um she's not baiting you to to, you know, kind of volley back an equally um an equally um, heartfelt compliment. No, 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 no. She's putting it out there because she genuinely thinks that what you did back then or what you said then at that time was funny, and it's in in uh, it's it's in her memory. So that's why I love her. It, like she's great. In addition, that she's kind of cool to hang out with as an adult, like a present day person. She works for Bloomberg. You know, she lives in the city. She has a fabulous life. She has a fabulous life, yes. exactly. So, like, y- you can enjoy spending time with somebody like that. So, um, she got a big kick out of the fact that we we had talked about her, and then I told her in what context we talked about her, and um, she was even happier about that. You know, like that's that's what kind of person she is. Like, you don't have to worry about censoring yourself. There's no blue. There's no work in blue. Around Liz, you just kind of throw it out there, and she does not get offensive. Or she doesn't get offended very easily, and you know you can kind of you don't have to pull your punches. It's just she loved the uh, the fact that she was a, a a big topic of conversation. We'll like the fact that she's a topic of conversation again this week. So um, we spent the the day together. Picked her up at the train station. I set out a little beach spread. I got. Um, I got down there early. She was supposed to come in like 11 o'clock. Asbury beaches don't 
really normally get jump until 11, so I knew I had some time. Yeah. Um, dro- drove in, got there about 9.30, got my stuff out of uh, my storage locker, put out my beach chair, umbrella, brought some snacks, a couple cocktails, set up the beach um, chairs, and we're good to go. Picked her up from the, uh, from the uh, train station, sat on the beach all day, took a little nap, hit the water, ate some lunch, um, you know, and just generally chilled out. And I haven't done that in a long time. So uh, big props to Liz Stillman for uh, for partaking in a... Uh, here, here, Liz Stillman. And a big beach, Asbury Beach day of fun. So much so that, like, I forget that my plan is to live here for better or for worse, yeah. you know? kind of for the rest of my life. Um, and I forget that she also has a plan to live in New York City, for better or for worse, for the rest of her life. And this is, I mean, I've been in Asbury eight years, nine years. This is the second time she's come to visit me, but by no fault of her own, you know? It's just been like, you know, well, first we just moved there and we got settled. And I think she came to visit for a little, maybe she spent the night. Um, she remembered that Um in, in much greater detail than I did. But now that I think back on it, I kind of remember she came to the condo when we had first moved in. Um, and then after that, it was like, you know, Angie and I kind of got wrapped up in married life. And then yeah. married life got sticky. And then there was an Ange. And then there was a new house. And then, you know, so um, as we're leaving, she's like, listen, this is what we do, you know, like, I'll come here. You know, from April to October, I'll come visit you. And, you know, November to to May or to M- November to March, you come into the city to visit me. And I'm like, wait, wow. That, that's that's actually possible. That's a, you know, that's a thing that can actually be agreed upon. Um, so I think what's what's starting to happen is, uh, and, and she kind of summarized it nicely without getting too, too deep into the mire. Um, I'm like, wow, it's kind of funny, you know, like. People are, are, are starting to be available now at the same time that I'm ready to start doing stuff. You know, I got a couple bucks in my pocket. I'm, I'm starting to get back on track with work and, and, you know, personal life and the whole deal. And she's like, well, I mean, she's like, that's one way to look at it. She's like, but, you know, you've kind of pulled your head out of the sand. Um, and people are like, okay, he's returning phone calls now. He's sending text messages now. You know, like, he's making plans now. He must be ready to do something. All those people were around ready to do those things for the last two years. Yeah, you know? trust me. I know all about that. So, it, you know, it's kind of like a catch-22. Yeah. It's like, man, that stuff would have probably helped, uh, you know, get me out of the doldrums. But at the same time, it wasn't stuff that I was willing or able to do. Yeah, I mean, so, it was like a few years ago, I was in that same state of mind for a while, you know, where it's just depressed. But it's like, people are like, well, why aren't you hanging out, you know? But it's like, you don't want to hang out because you were all depressed. But if you would have hung out, maybe you wouldn't have been so depressed. But that's why you weren't hanging yeah. out. Yes. Yeah. It uh, is a catch-22. And um, it, it brings up the... Um, the annual plea uh, from Brian Peters or Mike Reardon or Mike Peters or or, or whoever it is to uh, you know get me to Hollyhog. to head up to the Hollyhog, 
And um, this year I got a good... I don't think he would mind that I share this, but I probably can't find it. I got a nice little text from Brian basically saying, hey, man, this would be a really good opportunity for you to come up for a number of reasons. And it was more than the typical, you know, hey, why don't you come to Boston so it's easier for us to see you? you Although know? <laughs> that's what it really is with those guys generally. <laughs> generally correct. but It, this, it does uh, kill it, me. They, they make you feel all guilty about not visiting them. Right, right, right. All right. the time, even though like 90% of the interaction is us going there. <laughs> I mean, is that not right, you know? No, no, it's 100% right. And over the years, I've built up a resistance to the point where it's almost it's almost cutting off my nose to spite my face. <clears throat> yeah. That, you know, I I went there last time well you start getting you know? pissed yes you start building up i was like well fuck them i've been there three <laughs> times since the last time they've come near me right right and if you were to try this is the classic uh you know it's it's the classic fight that i've been fighting since the day i met mike reardon when he was a dallas cowboy fan and he was it was okay to be a dallas cowboy fan but no there's laughlin it's always have always will but Laughlin wasn't allowed to root for the New York Giants because he lived in New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, it was Mike Reardon used to give Laughlin hell about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, and the logic, the the logic just confounded me, and I couldn't understand like how I couldn't impress upon him that wait, it's like the New York metropolitan area, so it, like it's our team. And that's why people root for him. He's like, no, no, it's the New York Giants. And then, of course, you try to point to the fact that the Patriots are in Foxborough and not Boston, but they're the New England Patriots. So anybody in New England has the right to root for them. And it would, it's always and that Cowboys kind of backwards team. Right. And it's always that backwards logic that, you know, you just can't refute. So the Mike Reardon position on um, – on interaction is well you come to boston because there's more you can see more people when you come to boston yes (laughs) it's so you can get value out of your trip right right i'm only looking out on it you only get to see me if i visit you you know right you want the deal where (laughs) where for the low price of a plane ticket you get to see 10 different people (laughs) <laughs> and to be honest, like, uh, sure, I love the ability to be able to have FaceTime with, with with a number of different people. When I went up there a couple years ago, I was in a really bad spot. I, I had just gotten canned from uh, the Admit One, um, from Admit One, like, on that Friday, and I was up there that Saturday. You know what I mean? Like it was really bad timing. Angie and I had hit the bricks. It was yeah. just a totally bad scene, but it was great that I got to see Peters and he called Scott Pentney who made the ride from Connecticut and Reardon came down and Sean came down, but I still didn't see soap. I didn't see guys like Trebu or Drew or, or, or Steve who's not even there anymore. You know what I mean? So it's limited. Yeah. And, I really value quality time more than anything else. Like when you came to visit me for um, for the USC game, and we got to hang out. And of course, uh, I spent probably thirty percent 
of our time together, um, drunk and or passed out in the back seat while you ate disco fries with Ange. <laughs> but the next day, we got to go hang out. We went to the sports bar, uh, which I know was a painful experience for you to watch the Saints game. Yes. And then we... we um, we cruised on over to Oyster Fest and just kind of hung out. We scooted around town on the scooter. We rode bikes and sang uh, Under the Rainbow. No, what is under it? Under the Boardwalk. No, no, no. We sang Under the Boardwalk. We took pictures. Well, I mean, I was under the, the Boardwalk. What's the um, Kermit song? Oh, well, The Rainbow Connection. The Rainbow Connection. Yes. Like, so those were I'm like pretty sure super I sang both. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you did too. <laughs> but those are all, those are all. Um, innocuous, but but at the same time memorable encounters. You know that we we kind of exchanged. Whereas I went up to Boston, Peter threw me an awesome barbecue. You know, and and invited a bunch of people. Uh, I think the Reardon, Mister and Mrs. Reardon came. I got to see Mister and Mrs. Peters, but at the same time, it was just kind of like maybe it was the time that I had a bunch of shit going on. But it was just. Catching people for five minutes. Hey, well, what's up? What's going on? How you been? When you go up there, when it's like that, I mean, yeah, it's great, but it's always like a whirlwind. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely like that. It's like, yeah, I get to see everybody, but, you know, seeing 20 people for five minutes each isn't as cool as seeing one person for, you know, five days or some shit, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, at this point... Re- Really, anybody I keep in excuse me, anybody I keep in touch with, that list is small enough that it's worth spending an extended amount of time with. Yep. You know, um, but with that said, you know, BP sent me the the um, the annual invite to the to Hollyhog and, and sent me a nice little text, and um, I'm 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 legitimately considering. Well, I, now, I think you should. I mean, I'll say this Go. much as far as me, if I only, I mean, how far of a drive is it? Five hours or something? Uh, yeah. See, the problem with the Cape in the summer is the only way to get there is the most painful yeah, that is the, route. Yes, that is the problem. It's, it's a six or seven hour ride to make a five hour drive. I mean, that's like when I went to Maryland to my buddy's house, you know, up there. You know, he lives in D.C. Well, first day he picked us up from the airport and we had to drive there. It wasn't that terrible, but driving from the the bay, the eastern shore of Maryland, back to his house in D.C., that was yeah. a pain in the ass because it's the same sort of thing. Similar type. One road. Yes. It's like just everybody's bumper, going bumper there. traffic because everybody's heading back into town because the weekend's over. Yeah. But um, I think what's a little different this go-around is that um, one? I have, fortunately or unfortunately, I have to work uh, an event on that Saturday, the day of the hog. Okay. But I'm going to be in Poughkeepsie, which is not quite halfway, but enough of a drive in that direction that it it makes it a little easier. I can either go to the Cape for in four hours, or I can come home in two. Yeah. So it's. It's it's like well it's only an extra two hours, and if I were to go, I would go and get in late f- Saturday. So I've eliminated my biggest problem when it comes to the hog specifically. Is that I get so excited up there? I'm like a cocker spaniel that 
you know, I run around Next uncontrollably you know, out for, on a tree. Right. Right. Exactly. Yes. So, um, if I get up there late on the Saturday, then that kind of curbs. Yeah, you my won't enthusiasm. be drinking on the golf course. Right. Right. Yeah. And then what I would probably do is stay till Monday. Because yeah. I'm pretty sure Brian um you know stays up there till Monday anyway. That's his little little mini vacation. So and if not, I would drive to Dorchester and and stay with him and, and Carla and the kid, you know? Yeah, I mean I think you definitely I mean you should do it, man. Plus my brother is a huge fan. Josh is a huge fan of the hog. And he must be on their mailing list because they sent out their like final registration. Yeah, I got that email me. uh today or the other day or whatever it was. It's August first this year. Brian texted me a couple of weeks ago, like, oh, when are you coming to see your uh, niece, you know? I'm right, like, well, right, it's right. probably not going to be this year, you know? Right. I was like, I hate to say it, but that's the fact of the matter, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it, listen, there's a reality that sets in, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm like, I got, I'm supposed to go to a, um, I'm going to a wedding in Alabama the next weekend on the 8th. I was like, I also plan on going to the, Syracuse game, you know, which we got to talk about. Yes. Uh, you know, and and that's one big, you know, that's a big out-of-state trip there. You know, it's, you know, so it's, I don't know, I just can't fit it in. You know, it's just not feasible. So a couple things on that note. Um, and, I mean, we're an hour, we're an hour, we've been, Chatting for like an hour and fifteen minutes. Yeah. First fifteen minutes. But an is, hour is kinda... of it's been the actual show. Yeah. Yeah. So um what I was able to deduce over the last few weeks is the following. Um Teresa, little Teresa Di Pasquale, and Tara Fox, and I'd also assume Big Lou Grasso, um, have not only shown interest, but tentatively committed to going to the LSU game. Okay, awesome. So they're in. They were talking about a road trip. I told them that the LSU game was. They threw out a couple weekends. That was one of them. I said that's that's the I'm weekend. Do to it. Go. I want to see little Teresa. All right. Well, if I tell her that you're in, uh, then then she'll definitely be in it. Have you ever met her husband? No, no. But he must be all right. He's Italian. He's a fun guy. <laughs> so you would enjoy him. Um, and I think that that would be a fun weekend. For him to kind of come up to Syracuse. I don't know if he's ever been. Um, the second component of that equation is Liz Stillman. Yes. Hat was talking about wanting to go uh, up to Syracuse for a road trip, and that happens to be her birthday week. Oh, okay. Um, so I have some I other think... unaffiliated friends, or more appropriately, LSU-affiliated friends who might be up that weekend, too. So, okay. you know... I wouldn't mind, you know, hooking up with those guys, too, just to be like, you know, be like, hey, this is my pad, you know? Right. Like, I think it would be a good weekend. Um, And then here is the, uh, with some um, cautious optimism, um, I'm scheduled to uh, take back possession of my house on September 15th. Okay. Now, I don't necessarily know what state it'll be in and it definitely won't be hopefully new um ba- <laughs> thank you i'll be here all the yes. week try the lamb 
<laughs> you know, the girl that cuts my hair, I went to get my hair cut today. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> and she was, uh, you know, talking about life and about getting married or something, about maybe having babies. And she's from Moldova. Do you know what Moldova is? It's a former Soviet republic. Yes, and I do. Russian, you know, and she's, but she's talking about what she wants to do. And she's like, you know, I'm not like Russian. I was like, I was like, the hell you're not. Moldovan's very much like Russian. <laughs> <laughs> and she, first she didn't understand what I was saying. And she was like, and she registered. She's like, oh, I get it. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> all right. So, but continue your thought about which state um, the house will be in. Yeah, so um, it might not be back to to my standards, but I should have keys and it should be vacant. Um, And bed bug free, hopefully. And bed bug free. So I know you were talking. I don't know if you pulled the trigger on that flight. I didn't pull the trigger yet because I I thought we had to talk about it. Although the issue is, either way, that's probably when I would visit there anyway is – because it just seems the most feasible to fly in on a Thursday and leave on a Monday morning. Yeah, it totally makes sense. Um, Problem is, the I, only flights out of New Jersey, for what I'm looking at, like direct flights, you know, like 8 o'clock in the morning, maybe 9.30 or some shit. Which means we'll have an early day on Monday. Um, yeah, I mean, that's not I mean, I think you wake up early. Yeah, I mean that kind of sucks, but to, I mean, it does to do suck. that, I was trying to find something like a little later, you know. But I can't find a direct flight that leaves later than that, you know. Right. And I'm sick of fucking connecting and shit. If I can get a direct flight, I'm going to take the direct flight. You know, if it's one that leaves at nine thirty, I can deal with that. I mean, the other side of it is, it's not like we're going to be getting bombed on Sunday night, though, huh? Right, we'll be traveling all day Sunday. Yeah, I mean, because if we get if we roll up the queues on Friday, you know, Friday and Saturday are going to be friggin' are going to be a marathon. Right. You know, I mean, that's why I wanted to talk to you first because, you know, I know I'm going to be dependent on you. You know, I mean, yeah. I don't so, know how soon somebody, we got to leave for the airport to get to the airport. I remember yeah, the I mean, last time from your house in Asbury Park. Yeah, pretty early. You got to leave. You got to leave early. But that's that's just kind of um, part and parcel of of growing up around here. Like that, you just figure that shit into the equation. Yeah. It's the cost of doing business. You know, and I was really hoping for like at least at eleven o'clock, but I haven't found anything like that yet. Yeah. Um, you know, for some reason, I keep adding shit to my calendar, but it doesn't want to take. And I'll have to figure that out at some point. But um, what's that? The phone you're talking about? The calendar? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but either way. So, um, that sounds like a plan, man. Listen, I, I think for the most part... Um, you know, I'll have my place back. I'll know by August fifteenth, really. Anyway, and I, I would say yeah. And in worst case scenario, um, worst case scenario, stay we at can the stay in place in the city. Yeah, <laughs> we can totally stay at Stillman's place. 
If we're going to drive up Friday? Yeah. Yeah, it makes 100% sense. I mean, I'm thinking, I, I'm thinking the way I was looking, the flights I was looking at, if I recall right, would get me in to like Newark in the afternoon on Thursday or so, you know? Yep. And then head out early Monday morning. Uh, I don't know, maybe we'll go see Ben Cook. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, because I know you're going to speak of which, yes. Liz, um, Liz had a few, um, you know, inquiries. Um, she always runs through the guys, you know, what are the, what are the guys up to? How's Laughlin doing? Uh, we kind of recount how, you know, Jody's doing and, and Stacy, who's Laughlin's old girlfriend. Um, and then without fail, she'll always throw in guy and then she'll, she'll kind of wrap up with Ben. And that's kind of where Poor she, ben. that's Poor about ben. how deep as, as she goes. Yeah. Um, because you know, know what you he's up have to. a complex about that shit. but he ended up sending me uh totally coincidentally um that day i had come home and i'm just kind of chilling out i got an email from ben you know typical stuff um usually i get it at like seven o'clock in the morning life is miserable (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it's usually on the tail end of a bender and i don't know why i deleted it it's got to be here somewhere yeah. but it was um you know it was kind of his his usual fare um you know an inside joke you know, what was the inside joke he tossed out uh he's oh he, so this must have been one of my it must have been an old top 10 list uh that i might have done at his expense and it says my longboard my longboard is not as big as it used to be. That's just that's the message. That's, that's all it, it was. Yeah. That's all it was. And I write back, well, it might be short, but it sure is skinny. <laughs> and then then we go on for you know about an hour or so, just kind of chatting back and forth and stuff. Um, and he's Ben. Yeah. You know. Um, so I got a kick out of the fact that you know his ears must have been ringing, uh, and then he ends up touching base because it is it's good like he's one of those guys that you don't think about all the time like if i'm like man i really got to keep up i gotta send somebody you know a text or or give him a call or arrange for a visit like i was up there in on memorial day and just have given up the fight of trying to arrange a visit with him because it's just so hard you know he's 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 been he's you like know he's reclusive now, huh? He's reclusive. Yeah. He, you know, he, he's got he's his odds with guy. It's just like oh, yeah, he's he, it's, I mean, when I was there, he always had problems with guy. I remember. <laughs> they're best friends, yeah, but well, at, at this point, yeah, I mean, they're best friends, but they always had fights because there's like a resentment. You know, there's yeah, yeah, all kind, yeah, there's always shit under the surface going on between them. Right. Yeah. So it was good to hear. From yeah, him. it was good to yeah. hear from him when he had come up, and and now he's he's. He's really uh, my only connection to Syracuse. Guy's leaving. Roscoe's leaving. And um, that's it. It's Ben. I mean, unless you have uh, Bill Edson's number. Yeah. Which, yeah. which I don't. I, I think Bill <laughs> might live in Florida, though. Um, I'm trying to think. He's on no, Facebook. Well, and he used to always put these pictures of Florida. But I haven't seen his presence in a while on Facebook. No. I'm, I'm, he might split time between yeah. places but i know his house is right around the corner from guys he's still uh, living over there like near westcott street or wherever it was i mean yeah 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 by the park for bill and i remember he yeah had the house remember? he was working on and he had the 
the girlfriend at the time, Sue, the Korean girl. Yeah, yeah. 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 And I used to I spent Man, he quite was... a bit of time at his house, yeah. He was old back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he would take off his hat and he was like bald. Right. Yeah. All right. He was a very strange guy, Bill. He was a strange guy, yeah. Funny. Yeah, well that's what was strange about it. He would he always before I knew him, he was just a serious looking guy who was always checking IDs at Lucy's. <laughs> right. And right. you mean him, he still looked serious, but then he would say these ridiculous friggin' like jokes, like in a deadpan manner too. You know, it was very <laughs> <laughs> I remember <laughs> it was kind of it was my first introduction to those guys. I was my I must have been a freshman and I had gotten into um the O and O at the time. Yeah. And he was a door guy at the O&O and like Stocks and Sawyer, all those guys work there, whatever. And they're sitting around like an after hours. the world, right? Exactly. My coming out party. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) And I'm sitting there and Bill has that like, that weird eyebrow. Like it's like bleached or it's like high bald or something like it's whatever. He's got brown eyebrows, but there's a big like blonde patch. Bill Edson. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's just kind of sitting there, and somebody goes, Hey, Bill, fuck's up with your eyebrow? <laughs> and he just, without breaking stride, not doing, you know, and, and, and not thinking twice, he just kind of looks at him and goes, uh, What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, Your eyebrow. What, what's wrong with it? He's like, I don't know what you're talking about, man. <laughs> and he refused to acknowledge it. Clearly, he knows that he's got a fucked up eye. Yeah. But he's not going to give in, and he just played it out for the rest of the night, would refuse to acknowledge it. And, like, it's just so, he's so dry and deadpan, yep. you know? Yeah. So he was always the kind of guy that, like, even if I didn't understand what he was talking about, I just laughed anyway because. Chances are he was making a joke. Yep, I know exactly what you're talking about. And it, it's always just that's it's just always an easier conversation when when you know where a guy stands. Yep, yep. So, um, huh. hey, let's uh, before we wrap this thing up, you got a well, you got any pearls of of wisdom? Well, I was just thinking about being cooked this weekend, Sunday. Uh, you know, around twilight or so, I went to see a film. A movie I was actually looking forward to seeing, and then it was back out, and the, they had pulled it from the theaters, and then one of the local small independent theaters had it back in. It's a movie about the life of Brian Wilson, you know, from Beach oh, Boys. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If you know Brian Wilson, he, you know, he's he's really fucked up, you know? Right, uh, right. It's called Love and Mercy. Have you heard about this? Have you seen this? Have you heard? Have you read about I this? Haven't. Have you heard about it? Hey, have you heard about this? <laughs> um, no. And really, to be honest, the only thing that I know about Brian Wilson, everything I know about Brian Wilson, I learned from a Bare Naked Lady song. Okay, That's, I thought you were going to say it was that, Carney Wilson, his daughter, <laughs> no, Wilson no. Phillips, and the other, both of his daughters were Wilson Phillips. <laughs> Um. Yes, they were the Wilson. Yeah, Wendy Wilson, Wilson. But everybody knows Carney because she's a big fat one. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> she's making a comeback, by the way. She's doing like uh, she's progressive in a commercial. Commercials. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's kind of funny. Uh, but anyway, I digress. I cause you to digress. Yes. Well, anyway, Brian Wilson was a musical genius. You know. Yep. Uh 
And I don't know, we'll give a little backstory, although we really don't need to give that much of a backstory, but maybe not everybody knows. Brian Wilson, his brothers, Carl and Dennis, cousin who was Mike Love, and then there was Al Jardine. Those are the original Beach Boys or whatever. And uh, Brian Wilson is pretty much the uh, creative force behind the Beach Boys. And, of course, the Beach Boys really weren't surfers, yada, 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 yada. Well, the movie takes place... It, it it takes place between two times. In the 60s, when when he pretty much dropped out of the band, like where he's like, I can't go and tour anymore. He's like, I could stay here and make music. And that's when he works on the Pet Sounds album, you know, which he yes. pretty much did by himself. And then they came back and they start recording stuff. And the Pet Sounds album, while it's considered one of the greatest albums ever, it was a huge flop at the time because it was so... Uh, you know, so far off from what people expected from the Beach Boys, you know? Yeah, it was very avant-garde. Yes, but but the thing was, all the time, they were making this music that really wasn't the music he wanted to make. It was music just to sell records before, you know? They weren't surfers and all that shit, you know? Yep. Uh, and the other part, and that part, he's played by Paul Dano. Do you know who he is? I do. What, he was in uh, There Will Be Blood. You remember the preacher... The kid that becomes the preacher at the end of the movie and Daniel Day-Lewis like beats the hell out of him like at the bowling at his little bowling alley and he's saying bastard in a basket. Do you remember that movie? Um I don't remember that movie, but I'm going to go in the opposite direction um and say that I remember him from um He's in 12 uh, for Slave too. He played a let me see. He's in a lot. He, you recognize his face, probably. Yeah, yeah. No, you know what I thought he was in? I thought he was in um, Clueless. Oh, okay. But that's not Paul Dano. That's Paul Rudd. Uh, somebody else. Uh, Paul, Paul, Rudd is in uh, Paul Rudd is in Clueless. Uh, um, you're thinking of Breckin Meyer? Was, no, no. The guy, he was in Clueless also. It was the guy who played, like, the hip dude. Um, so there was there was the gay boyfriend. Yes. There was Breckenmeyer, Travis Birkenstock. Uh, Jeremy Sisto. Uh, Jeremy Sisto. He was in Six Feet Under. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so that's he what I thought. He was also in that was, show, uh, Suburgatory, which was a pretty good show, and they canceled it. Um, anyway, so half the movie and it's hopping back and forth throughout. It's Paul Dano's Brian Wilson working on that, you know, and then the other half is in the eighties and now it's being played by John Cusack, which is weird because John Cusack, uh, Paul Dano looks more like a young Brian Wilson than John Cusack looks like any type of Brian Wilson. (laughs) <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. and but it's taking place in the eighties, and uh, basically the plot of it, even though it's bouncing back and forth, it's really about when the eighties. He hit, there was this doctor, I guess his name was Eugene Lang, who's played by Paul Giamatti, who was a psychologist who basically got control over Brian Wilson and all his affairs. I think he got appointed legal guardian. Yada, yada, yada. He was pretty much over-medicating the fuck out of him, you know, to control him. And then he meets Elizabeth Banks' character, who is a former model who's selling Cadillacs now. 
who eventually pulls him away from the Paul Giamatti character, and that's who, he, who he's married to now, you know? And that's the movie's okay. about, but it bounces back and forth. But when they got John Cusack, if you ever see anything about Brian Wilson, he's got all these facial tics and shit, you know? Because he is kind of yeah. like messed up, you know? But so, so John Cusack's doing all these tics and things like that. And I'm from the movie, I'm like, holy fuck, that's Ben Cook. Because <laughs> 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 he's like doing like these squinty eyes and. You know the you know you know like all that shit pin does. Right, right. <laughs> does he open the movie with, "Hey, check it out, I got a tumor." <laughs> I don't know, but he, but he, but Ben does all has all those fucking same types of ticks. You know, like he makes the face and he shoots the hand. You know? <laughs> right, right, right. And at that point, I just start kind of laughing to myself. In this movie, which is a serious movie, it's a very good movie. But <laughs> I was like, "Holy fuck, Pink Cook is Brian Wilson." <laughs> <laughs> He'd probably love uh, it if you told him that, because I'm sure he thinks Brian Wilson's a genius. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, especially absolutely. since he was the lead singer of the Beach Boys. Who are people who weren't surfers singing about surfing? That's just up Ben's alley. A guy that lives in <laughs> New York who's obsessed with surf bars. <laughs> oh, brilliant, brilliant! Oh man, listen, there is no higher note to end on than that. However, I have to, I regretfully inform you that I need to um, I need to shill for the Sports Farm Foundation and hit you up for a couple bucks. And I want to do so while we're recording, so you can't say no. Um, <laughs> the good news is the raffle tickets are only five dollars a piece, uh, and you have a one in hundred chance um, of winning there's it because it's a five of these raffle tickets. Oh no, there's two hundred, so you have a one in two hundred. It's a five hundred dollar prize. It's a 50, It's a true fifty fifty. We are uh, we're giving away a five hundred dollar scholarship to one of the uh to one it's of the just kids, like one of those so. things if you win it you're encouraged to give the money back to them oh no not with this group <laughs> <laughs> it's these are asbury park rules <laughs> i went to a fundraiser be... once a couple of years ago for like a charter school and they had something like that and they're like uh but you could be encouraged you could give it back and then, of course you may to look like a jerk if you don't give them back the money you won at the raffle you right. Know, so, right. All right. Take the money back. Hey, you make it look like so I'm taking I, from school kids, even though I entered this raffle <laughs> with the hopes of winning the money. Why didn't you just say right. give five dollars and it's gonna go in a pool that we're giving to right. the kids? Not you win a raffle <laughs> and then you're kind of encouraged to give it back to us. Right. That was always the uh, the little league. They would run the fifty fifty, and you know whoever won would always. Be pressured to give it back. Not here. You uh, you will win your money free and clear. It's a five hundred dollar prize. Tickets are five dollars a piece. I'd like to recognize um, my mom, Ellie DeSantis, for buying a book of twenty. Right, that's a hundred spot. Yeah, right, that's good. She bought. So that's a hundred. She sold? bought ten percent of the tickets. I I was responsible for coming up. 
with uh, with two hundred dollars worth. Oh, so you're already halfway of, there. I'm halfway there. I'm halfway there. So they're five bucks a, a ticket. You can put uh, me down for you four can, tickets. I'll put you down for four tickets. Matt Livacare, you're a gentleman and a scholar. You can uh, you can settle up with me um, via PayPal. Uh, PayPal by midnight tonight. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> the drawing will be uh, the drawing will be on Monday. I'll make sure that I crease uh, I crease your tickets, so you got a pretty good shot at winning. Okay. And um, if anybody else is out there, and uh, we get this episode up in time for the weekend, and you wanna you wanna buy a ticket for the Sports Farm Foundation, I'm sure Fredo um, would buy the rest of your burden. I would love uh, Fredo to uh, send me a, a PayPal with international monies and all that, but. That's true. That's true. Um, we we could Western Union it to him, I guess. But then there's going to be tax uh, implications. Is ISIS? Where's ISIS? Is that down in Ecuador? Uh, you know, according to some radicals, they're all flooded in from Mexico for ISIS. <laughs> Just like all this crap about how they had all this locked down for the 4th of July because of ISIS. Well, nothing happened. That means it must work. They're going to spy on us more now. Yeah. <laughs> you know that's the thinking, right? Right. Oh, God. right. Well, on that note then, my friend. With apologies to Kirk's brother. We'll see you guys next week. Good night, Fredo. Thanks for donating, buddy. Yeah, no <laughs> Glad to do it. Glad to shame from the donation. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.